The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 213th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined later by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week and events of the week that I attended were two events on Monday evening. First was the Rob Gronkowski Football 101 Women's Clinic, and the other was the 6th Annual Mayo Bowl, created by Patriots linebacker Jared Mayo. My Gronk event was for the first time, and the Mayo event I have attended many times, and it's one of my favorites. But I'll start with the Gronk event, which was fun and just what you would hope for from the first family of fun. Gordy Jr., Gronk's brother, come up, uh, introduced himself to me as soon as I got there, and I also met his father, Gordy Sr., and uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, because these... uh, This family is really, number one, welcomes you, makes you feel at home, and just puts on uh, just a great time. Uh, The event was presented by Pro Camps Worldwide of Cincinnati, and it was as well-organized an event as I've ever covered. The event with Gronk was, again, the Football 101 Women's Clinic, where basically 150 women uh, were there to learn football fundamentals from Rob Gronkowski uh, and his brothers and a cadre of coaches as well. And the women were uh, divided up into smaller groups throughout the field at Gillette Stadium. And Gronk was uh, basically going from group to group personal and frequent interaction for the event, which lasted, you know, a couple of hours. And it was obvious that uh, all the women were just having a blast, as was everybody, including the media covering it. Um, 
It was just smiles all around and, to quote the Beach Boys, fun, fun, fun throughout the evening. Uh, the participants were clearly just thrilled with all the interaction and uh, they were getting with Gronk, including lots of banter, learning the skills through drills, selfies nonstop. It ended, of course, with uh, a Gronk trademark which was a dance-off in a huge uh, dance circle. Um, there was an award ceremony. And then at the end, uh, right before the award ceremony, but at the end of the activities on the field, there was a, a tug-of-war. And uh, then they played games, uh, groups against other groups, where Gronk was a quarterback for one of the groups of women and... His brother, Gordy Jr., was a quarterback for another. And the women were very impressive, to say the least. There was just touchdown passes all around that they were catching. Uh, and, of course, followed by the trademark Gronk Spikes. That's one thing the women learned well. And, uh, again, just really a, a spectacular evening. It was perfect weather and so well run and so... Uh, so enjoyable for everybody there. And uh, again, Rob Gronkowski, the legend grows, uh, the legend of Gronk. And uh, certainly in, in my estimation, it grew exponentially uh, just to be, you know, up close and personal for well over an hour. Just watching him again, just bopping around from group to group to group. And, uh, and really just, you know, giving that nice personal touch that uh that you know fans and supporters just love that's why they were there and uh they got it in spades so it was just an awesome evening and it was the uh the only the the second half of my evening which began when i uh covered the sixth annual mayo bowl at uh nearby king's bowling alley up in Dedham, Massachusetts, just right down the road from Gillette Stadium and Foxborough. And uh, the red carpet, as it is every year, was, uh, you know, a touch of Hollywood. Uh, lots of fans turned out, and uh, more importantly, lots of Mayo's teammates turned out. Uh, reads like a who's who, uh, both current and former teammates and past Alumni of the Patriots, uh, and they included Tom Brady, Malcolm Butler, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Rob Ninkovich, Chandler Jones, Devin McCourty, Nate Solder, Stephen Goskowski, Matthew Slater, and a slew of others, including former Patriots Teddy Bruschi, Andre Tippett, Steve Grogan, Jermaine Wiggins, and Max Lane. And, uh... Again, just a star-studded evening. Uh, Jared Mayo, of course, was talking with the media, which was great. And the event is held to benefit the Boston Medical Center, which basically provides care to all, regardless of their ability to pay. So to say it's for a good cause is uh, an understatement. Uh, Jared Mayo has pledged $1.5 million over the course of three years and uh, well on his way. Uh, towards achieving that, no doubt about it. Um, and it's also very competitive. Uh, 
you know, Teddy Bruschi and Steven Goskowski, the kicker, uh, are two good bowlers. And uh, they're all obviously they're competitive people. They play in the NFL, so uh, so it goes without saying that uh, once they're out on the lanes, uh, the competitive juices get flowing. So again, you know, just really a terrific evening. Devin McCourty and Chandler Jones, in particular, were awesome as they stopped on the way before getting to the car- red carpet to give autographs to fans and, you know, lots of interaction back and forth with the fans, talking with them, and, uh, you know, just very impressive, to say the least. So, uh, so I was a lucky guy on Monday night, really got uh, up close and personal with the Patriots, and just a spectacular evening all around. A not-so-spectacular evening was last night's Steelers-Ravens game, uh, as all you listeners know, I grew up in the Pittsburgh area. I used to cover the Pittsburgh Steelers. And last night was really uh, an all-time low, and I just thought it was Coach Mike Tomlin's worst ever coaching performance. Uh, his his coaching decisions were inexplicable. I mean, what was he thinking? Uh, we all know Ben Roethlisberger's out. Uh, Michael Vick obviously was filling in for him. But what just amazed me, and we could go chapter and verse, and I could take up probably the rest of the show with what went on there last night at uh, Heinz Field. But in the second half, when they built a 20-7 to lead, they were completely conservative at a time when, with the lead, in my mind, you know, you can get a little risky, as in, as what Phil Sims and Jim Nance were saying on the broadcast, you know, roll out Michael Vick a little bit, uh, you know, and, you know, maybe throw some passes. You know, they were obviously going conservative, given Vick's uh, only having a few days to prepare for the game, being a Thursday night game. So that's how they handled the second half, and they just seemed to be content to kind of milk the clock, turn it over to their defense, and and have a lot of three and outs. Uh, And then when you get to the end of the game, when you probably should be a little more conservative with uh, the also-important clock management and obviously then into overtime, then they get risky. Then they roll out Vic, who gets crushed on a fourth and two, doesn't make an inch, and then they threw a pass on another fourth down in overtime, not completed. Needless to say, on those two fourth down plays, uh, the one person not with the ball was Le'Veon Bell, the best player on the field, period. Uh, so he's not touching it in the two most important downs of the game. Uh, they obviously had lost faith in their kicker, Josh Scobie, who just was missing everything. But Sims was uh, certainly pushing or advocating that they kick the field goal in that third try in overtime would have been around a 50-yarder. I could see where he was coming from. It was a fourth and two, and tricky play. They did not get it. And on the other side was, of course, uh, Justin Tucker for the Ravens, just booting him through easily. Uh, You knew he was going to make him to tie the game, to win the game. He did. It was like just a no-brainer. And... uh, 
So again, just uh, really a tough one. And of course, from the Pittsburgh point of view, uh, they had a chance to knock out the Ravens for the rest of the year. I mean, and they let it slip away. This was not about the Ravens when given Waverman's winning the game. Give them credit for the gut check and hanging in there. But, you know, this was totally all about the Steelers gave it away, period. So it was it was just, uh, you know, really impossible to watch from a Pittsburgh point of view. And lastly, my bizarre story of the week was the TCU-Texas Tech game. As both teams finished in the 50s on the score, the ending was truly crazy and bizarre, uh, where Trevon Boykin, the outstanding TCU quarterback, uh, threw to his favorite receiver, threw high, went off his hands, thought the game was over, and who suddenly appears behind the receiver in the back of the end zone, but the running back who catches what would prove to be the winning touchdown pass and what truly took took it into what near Hall of Fame bizarre uh, situation was the final play of Texas Tech. It looked like the famous Stanford band play. Uh, On the final play, they did a bunch of laterals. They advanced the ball about 30, 40 yards down to about the 15-yard line. And there was just a moment in there uh, on the third or fourth lateral where it looked like uh, they were going to pull it off in what would have been one of the most famous plays in college football history had they done it. Uh, they didn't. He got tackled at the 15. TCU was clearly breathing a big sigh of relief, but that last play was like a heart-stopping couple of seconds that, uh, you, you know, that is why we all love college football. You just can't get this stuff anywhere else. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, Obama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I know you're en route to one of the College football games of the year, without a doubt. Uh, you and I have been talking about this one for a long, long time, which is, of course, Alabama visiting Georgia in Athens. Um, these two teams don't play every year, that's for sure, although they're both in the SEC, and uh, but in different divisions. And you must be excited. Sounds like you're just crossing into the Georgia border as we speak. Yeah, I'm very, very excited, John. I mean, this game, it's the two division uh, teams that they thought would win the East and the West. So far, Georgia's undefeated. Alabama has the one loss against Ole Miss. They're two very similar teams, John. They both like to run the football. The consensus in the preseason with Alabama's front seven was very strong. They're going to be tested by Nicholas Chubb, the great running back for Georgia and their offense. Georgia has a quarterback transferred from Virginia, came in the summer. Initially, he, he kind of scared uh, Coach Mark Rick. He didn't play very well. There was some nervousness, I guess, being on a new campus and with a, a different program. But he's been hot as a pistol lately. He's very accurate. I think he set a conference record, maybe NCAA record, a couple weeks ago, 23-24 or 24-25, so big big quarterback, 6'5", over 200. So Alabama, their season, John, is really on the line because I don't believe they could be in the national picture with two losses. They may not even have a chance to win the SEC West with uh, another falter. Yeah, and amazingly, uh, they're an underdog for one of the first times in recent memory, I think it's something like maybe they're an, they're an underdog in an SEC game for the first time in forever. Uh, you, you know, it's just not a place they're used to used to being in, and, and that includes the city of Athens as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's over. I think it's seventy-two games or something. John. So, right. Um, okay. Uh, unreal, you know, unreal number. And, right. And Alabama, you know, Jake, Jacob Coker, this is his first true road test as the quarterback of Alabama. And last week the teams played and he was improving. He had a, a pretty good game. The receivers dropped about half a dozen passes, which will get you beat in a close contest. 
So they, they have to show improvement. The wide receivers have much more concentration, and they have to have some sticky hands because there's no way you can have that many opportunities in a, in a tight ball game to make plays. When they're available, you have to make the play. And uh, But Alabama's defense, I just can't wait to see that front seven go against Georgia's veteran offensive line. And not only Nicholas Chubb, they got uh, Sonny Michael, the, or Sonny Michelle is a good running back, uh, fast and speedy, and and they have a couple other ones as well that are very good. So they have to contend with three or four running backs from Georgia. And Malcolm Mitchell's on the outside. He's a good wide receiver, can make some plays. And then there's some little backdrop because Jeremy Pruitt, the defensive coordinator, he was on Nick Saban's staff coaching the secondary. So there's a little uh, storyline for people to look at as well. Yes, and speaking of Nick Saban, I watched the interview with David Faraday, uh, had with him uh, the other night on Golf Channel. And I'm a big Faraday fan, and I thought it was one of the most uh, interesting insights into Nick Saban that I've ever seen. I feel like, you know, I'm now more interested in watching this game tomorrow as a result of watching this show the other night because Saban was relaxed. It was at his mountain retreat in uh, Georgia, of all places, uh, interestingly, coincidentally, <laughs> and, and, and interestingly enough. Uh, and, you know, Faraday has a unique style, and I thought it just brought out the best in Nick Saban. He was just, you know... Uh, conversational, to say the least, downright chatty, I might add, uh, in explaining a lot of his philosophy, his upbringing, just stuff I've never seen before. You're much more of an expert than me. You've, you know, looked Na- Nick Saban in the eye on many, many, many occasions. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just thought it was an absolutely spectacular show. Uh, and, you know, and I'll just throw in that he also did one uh that I watched the same night, although I think he, it, it was on for the first time about 10 days ago with Steve Spurrier, that was equally entertaining. So again, I'm a Faraday fan, no surprise. I think he gets people to talk better than most uh, with his Irish uh, way of talking and interviewing. And uh, so, yeah, I just loved it. I, I just thought it was really a, a great profile with Nick Saban, to say the least. Yeah, I think the combination of the self-deprecating humor and having Nick Saban at his retreat in North Georgia was an excellent um, mixture that provided the audience a, a rare look at the, the coach that, with the scowl on the sideline. And, and uh, you know, John, people have to remember that he's been able to engage recruits across the United States. So there has to be some personality that lets those recruits know that he's just more than that rough and tough football coach on the sideline. Exactly. I mean, very endearing. I almost look at him in a whole new light, and I've always liked him, you know, and certainly, certainly respected him. Any football fan would. Uh, But, yeah, I just thought, you know, I mean, it just covered – so much that you don't normally get, such as, you know, his time with Belichick at the Cleveland Browns, his daughter's wedding. You know, they showed a picture 
which was just this summer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, just stuff you, mm. you just don't see anywhere else, but Faraday got it. And uh, again, I, I just could not have been more entertained or more impressed with, uh, with that show and highly recommended for viewing on the Golf Channel. It was really just special stuff and especially just great timing, you know. And then the fact that it was filmed in Georgia and speaking of Georgia, the, you know, the state has to be just in a frenzy about now. I mean, they have been targeting. This is the game they've been waiting for between the hedges for just a long, long time. There's no other way of saying it. Very, very long time. John. The, the last two occasions, Alabama was able to, to win. Uh, I think it was 2008. Eight, actually, they went over there. It was, it was called the Blackout. Georgia wore this, you know, the whole, the whole fandom had the black shirts, and Alabama jumped all over them. It was 31 to nothing at halftime, just quieted the crowd. It, it was silence, and, and they hung on to win the game, I think, 41 31. And then they played them in the SEC championship. It was the year they, they were fighting to play Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl, and Alabama came from behind to win 32-28. So the Georgia fans, they've seen plenty of Nick Saban in Alabama, and they, they're ready to, to win this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's, like, uh, it feels like there's an element of, of payback here, as there are with many teams that play Alabama. But I will say this, you know, I can't imagine a more dangerous team than Alabama, who at this moment is truly cornered. You said it perfectly, AP. As always, their season is on the line. And, you know, got beat by Ole Miss in Tuscaloosa a couple weeks ago. To say they're smarting is an understatement. And, you know, Alabama being Alabama, they're going to come to play. There's no doubt about it. And on the other side, you have Georgia, just as I said. The state, the school, the team, clearly in in just a frenzy over this game. Yeah, I mean, it's really important, John, as you know, on the road, the first Ten plays are always very interesting to me. Are you going to go with your strength? And in Alabama's case, it's running the football. Or are you going to let your quarterback throw short and get into a rhythm? And then also, what, what will Georgia do in their first ten plays? Will they do the same for their first-time quarterback? Will, will they let him get in a rhythm, or will they test Alabama immediately with their running game? Yeah, well, you know, Derrick Henry against Nick Chubb. That's just impressive. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb, I always think of him because, you know, I think I learned a lot about Georgia and SEC football a couple of years ago, more than I knew because, you know, Todd Gurley went down. <laughs> yeah. they, they trot out, and I've talked about this before, they trot out Nick Chubb, uh, <laughs> who I believe was a freshman, and, like, he went for over 200 yards or something. He was simply spectacular, and that's the day. Yeah. That's the day it drove home for me. Not that I needed it driven home, I already knew it, but the depth of these SEC schools is simply remarkable. Uh, and and I, I'll just never forget that, watching that game and watching Nick Chubb. It was a, a remarkable, and I'm looking forward to seeing him and Derrick Henry tomorrow night, to say the least. Yeah, and, and also, John, I mean, those two guys are you know, trying, to, trying to win a Heisman Trophy. So it's very important how they perform in this football game because everybody will be watching 
and you could garner a lot of votes if you're successful in this game. Yep. Everybody will indeed be watching. The game is at 3.30 Eastern time between the hedges from Athens. Uh, and it will be followed by another epic game, to say the least, uh, which, of course, is Notre Dame at Clemson. As, uh, as I think Dabo Sweeney said, uh, he couldn't get God a ticket <laughs> for that one. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, I know that game's going to be played in what they're saying is going to be a driving rain. This, of course, uh, being Hurricane Joaquin just killing the South and heading here to New England as well. So rain all around east of the Mississippi. And uh, I'm guessing it's going to be raining in Georgia as well, correct? Yes, yes, it sure will be. And uh, those, when it rains, John, who has the advantage? That, that's the question. Correct. Which team is a mutter, as they say? And for your sake, I'm glad you're going to be in the press box. That sounds like it's going to be a good place to be for you and every person, every other person watching football east of the Mississippi this weekend. But AP, why don't we take our break? And on the other side, we'll uh, we'll discuss. The Notre Dame-Clemson game, uh, as well as some of the other big games coming up this weekend in college football after the break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, 
AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. And uh, AP, uh, you're going to the Georgia-Alabama game in Athens tomorrow. It will be your first visit between the hedges, which is just going to be awesome and good for you. And uh, another big game in the South tomorrow is obviously Notre Dame at Clemson. Uh, maybe the toughest ticket to get this entire football season, uh, given what Dabo Sweeney, the coach of Clemson, said about he couldn't get a ticket for God if he needed to. And uh, and I'm sure that's going to be special and is also going to be played apparently in a downpour uh, you know, from Hurricane Joaquin. So that's going to be just, again, you know, an awesome game. Uh, you know, the Clemson quarterback is spectacular to watch, and Notre Dame is playing their backup, who's doing quite well also. So it's just going to be a great one. Yeah, both teams, John, have, have played uh, pretty well defensively. So... Uh, be interesting to see Deshaun Watson. Watson, I don't think he he's lived up to the standard so far, but he's an excellent quarterback. He he probably the one of the better ones in that conference, if not the best. So you know the dual threat, and that that always brings some excitement for an offensive team. And and Dabo Sweeney, that's always his his forte. His teams can score points, and then he brought in the defensive coordinator Brent Venables, who's done an excellent job. And on Notre Dame, of course, they're going with their, their backup quarterback. He's played quite well. And he came in that Virginia game and really he was a, a star. On, on, you know, And he's very good for Notre Dame. So it uh, be a good good football game. And if Clemson is able to win, you know, they get in that national picture when you beat somebody like Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, many picked Notre Dame to be in the Final Four college football playoff, and, uh, you know, it's Death Valley on a Saturday night, uh, just about as good as it gets anywhere in football, college or pro. And, yes, the Notre Dame quarterback, you know, came into that Virginia game and threw basically threw a 50-yard pass to win the game, pinpoint. It was awesome, but as we both know, you know, Virginia is not Clemson on a Saturday night, so that's going to be a, a new experience <laughs> For him and for the entire Notre Dame team. I mean, there's a team that, you know, obviously has seen it all. But, uh, you know, we talked about Georgia laying in wait and in a frenzy over this game. Well, the same thing is happening in Clemson, South Carolina as well. With, uh, again, this date has been circled on the calendar as it has in Georgia for forever. So uh, it's going to be fun. And, uh, again, you know, the rain element is going to, you know, add another dimension to that game. But, you know, Clemson, as always, you know, has a has a very active defense. Um, and Deshaun Watkins is impressive, to say the least. One of the best. So, yeah, all the elements are there for just something special. So I think it's just going to be, you know, from uh, basically 3.30 right on through to around 11 p.m. Eastern time is going to be just... Football at the high, college football at the highest highest level. Yeah, those those two games, Alabama Georgia and then Notre Dame Clemson. I mean, fans are going to get a eye full of, of uh, fast and furious action because both both all those four teams they're in the national hunt and they have excellent players. They recruit well, 
They all have uh, interesting situations at quarterback. Uh, they all have good running backs. Um, and the coaches are some of the top in the game. So it should be a, a fabulous Saturday. No doubt about it. And uh, there are, as always, another few fascinating games, to say the least. Uh, one that just gets jumps right out at me is... Uh, West Virginia at Oklahoma. I used to cover the Mountaineers, so I'm very familiar with them and always have followed them through the years. And, you know, at Oklahoma, I mean, when last seen, you know, when I, when I last saw them a couple of weeks ago, Oklahoma was storming back to beat Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, this game, they're at home. Uh, love that quarterback, Baker Mayfield. And uh, for Oklahoma, for the Sooners. And, uh, you know, West Virginia, you know, they always put in a good show. They're always competitive. So uh, with Dana Holgerson, their offensive-minded coach. So I think, who, by the way, I think came from Oklahoma State. So he's back in familiar territory in the state of Oklahoma. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's going to be a good game. I mean, you know, you know, that league, as I mentioned at the top of the show with talking about the Texas Tech TCU game, you know, you, you, you sprinkle in Baylor and, you know, they're the best show in college football if you like offense. They just are. And I got the feeling we're going to see one of those games. Let's not forget Geno Smith scored 70 with eight touchdowns against Baylor a few years ago. And <laughs> but I know both Texas Tech and TCU were in the 50s last week in the final score. I mean, I love it. Uh, you know, if you if you enjoy that kind of thing, and really, who doesn't? Unless you're, you know, defensive. Oh yeah, and, and John, you know, Tulsa, they had over 400 yards passing against Oklahoma. Tulsa, Tulsa did. So that our, Oklahoma secondary yep. is suspect. Yes. Well, they're Tulsa's from our favorite conference, the American Athletic Conference, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, Knoxville, in Knoxville, you know, Tennessee had some early success as well. Uh, they couldn't find it when they needed it in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma. But, uh, yeah, I, again, it's going to be good. You know, again, you, you know West Virginia is going to show up, so it should be a good game. And I'm looking forward to that. You know, Oklahoma, we're talking about some of the best venues in college football, and certainly Oklahoma is one of them. And... Uh, and another one of them, who I just heard in some show, was somebody said, you know, oh, yeah, Danny Cannell on ESPN yesterday. I think he was saying that Florida Field is the best place in America for a college football game, which is a bold statement. Uh, but tomorrow we have Mississippi, the team that beat Alabama a couple weeks ago, at Florida in the swamp. And... Uh, you know, Florida coming off that dramatic win against East Carolina. Uh, that's going to be fun, too. You know, every SEC game is fun. I don't have to tell you that, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's another great game. You know, Florida, John, they have a young, very young offensive line. And, and, but their quarterback uh, has played outstanding. I mean, I think last week they had four or five fourth downs, and he threw the ball for maybe 100 yards in those four or five plays. He's been very cool and poised, but, but that's a bad combination if you're playing Ole Miss when your offensive line 
is young because Robert Kendici and company, they can really get after the quarterback. But yes, uh, one can. thing in, in yeah, one thing in, in, in Florida's favorite, John, is they have an excellent secondary and Ole Miss has big, tall, strong receivers. So that that's a matchup that people would like to should should watch and, and and uh, if that's if that's won by Florida, then they have a chance to be in that game tomorrow. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Again, you know, Florida in the swamp is always capable of pulling the upset. No question about it. I mean, they're, they're in the swamp. Need we say more? And they're a quality program. And uh, so, yeah, so that's going to be fun uh, to watch as well. And again, you know. We say it over and over again that, you know, it's like every game in the SEC is, you know, worth watching. It's just every game just looks like, you know, a game of the week kind of feel, uh, especially the SEC West. So uh, a bunch of them tomorrow, to say the least. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'm wrong in saying it. I, I think we can just assume every one of them is going to be played in the rain, which, again, you know, when you're sitting at home watching on TV, which you won't be, you'll be in the press box at Georgia. But for me sitting at home, you know, I'll be loving it, watching uh, how they handle the elements. Yeah, there's no telling what's going to happen with, with the, the rain-soaked footballs and how that's going to, you know, interfere with the scoring and the defense. And it just it might be one of the craziest Saturdays of the year because of the weather. Right. And I'm glad you said that because that's how I feel, you know, the last two segments is really leading up to that statement right there. I just have that feeling, you know, because of weather as the X factor that it's just going to be one of those uh, crazy college football Saturdays that we're going to remember for a while. Um, you know, obviously weather is the great equalizer, although these games are some of these most of these games are so good. There's no heavy favorite, so you know, but it, it certainly uh, sets up for you know some crazy action occurring, crazy plays between you know really what are just great teams all around in three or four of these games. Yeah, I mean, I mean that Ole Miss Florida game would be be very good, and I mean Mac Jim Jim McElwain, you know, he was the former offensive coordinator at Alabama, then went on to Colorado State, had some success, and then Florida tabbed him to the head coach. They've done very well, and they came from behind against Tennessee, and like I say, that quarterback is a freshman. He's just maturing so quickly, and he's showing so much poise, and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's quite a, quite a uh, player for such a young age. And I had a chance to ask the Ole Miss coach, John, about – Florida's offense, I said, does it look in any way, shape, or form like Alabama's? He said, well, it looks like the Alabama of old. They were more balanced and that power running and those short pass routes across the middle, and they throw to the tight end as well. Yeah, and let's not forget Jim McElwain, uh, the uh, Florida coach, you know, he had that yelling incident, came under fire from a couple weeks ago earlier in the year with one of his players, and uh, and, you know, he's still kind of reeling from that, so there's nobody more than him would love a win to just kind of change the narrative on how people view him at this point. And, you know, nothing, nothing would further that than, you know, an upset victory over, uh, you know, over Mississippi, that's for sure. So uh, 
kind of, you know, more than usual on the line, to say the least. Yeah, that'd be quite a, a feather in his cap for the first year coach at Florida to beat Ole Miss. He just came off of beating Alabama two weeks ago. Absolutely. No, it would be, uh, it would be really fascinating to watch. Well, we're going to see some good football tomorrow, and uh, there's still more to talk about. And why don't we do that on the other side of the break? Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is really two games. Alabama-Georgia tomorrow afternoon, 3.30 Eastern Time, and Notre Dame-Clemson tomorrow night. But there are other college games of interest as well. And uh, one that kind of got my attention uh, was Tennessee and Arkansas. We already talked about Tennessee uh, having lost Oklahoma recently, but Arkansas. And uh, Arkansas and that whole thing going on between the T- Texas Tech coach, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, we talked about their game, beating their amazing win last week over, or loss last week, excuse me, to TCU. But, you know, yeah, that the the back and forth between Cliff Kingsbury and Arkansas coach Brett Bielma, not something you see too often and, and getting kind of personal, I'd say. Yeah, John, I, mean, I think you can get sucked into Brett Bielma's repartee, and I think it kind of 
it, it, I don't think it's very pretty, a pretty thing to listen to after a while. It, it, it's better you just kind of let it lie, and he'll come up and say something outrageous, and and he'll move on to the next topic. I think that's the best way to manage that situation. Wow, you're telling me something I didn't know. I mean, I followed this closely. That's why I brought it up. Um, but I didn't realize. It sounds like he has a history of this kind of stuff, which I just didn't know. He, of course, was the coach at Wisconsin before heading to uh, Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got into it with some of the coaches who run the hurry-up, no-huddle offense, and and so it's not the first time that his words are getting the headlines instead of the play of his football team. Wow. Um, interesting. Again, you know, I really wasn't aware of that. So, uh, but the, but this was, you know, this was, uh, an interesting exchange. It's not something we see every day on the college football coaching front. Uh, but you know, <laughs> we, we all enjoy watching this stuff from the sidelines, right? So, uh, so, so it certainly, uh, got all of our attention and, uh, Sticking with the state of Texas, uh, you know, another interesting game is, you know, TCU. I mean, TCU, by virtue of their fascinating victory over Texas Tech, has elevated their interest level around the country. In other words, I'm now more interested in watching TCU than I ever before. And uh, they're playing at Texas tomorrow. And boy, if ever there's been a star-crossed team to start things off, start off a season, it's Texas. Uh, you know, the Longhorns, I mean, they, they they lost a game with a botched punt. You know, they missed lost a game with a missed extra point as the team is literally celebrating what appeared to be the tying touchdown uh, on the sidelines. I mean, they were going crazy. The AD gets fired, you know two and a half years into his tenure. It's just turmoil all around down in Austin. And, and, and here comes TCU, you know, one of the top teams in the country, fresh off an unbelievable victory. So I, that game bears watching as well. Yeah, TCU, John, they normally a, have a good defense, but they've had so many injuries. It's been incredible. Uh, I just read a stat. Uh 13 defensive players made their first career start this season. For and That's the most of any team in the nation for TCU's defense, 13. Yeah, uh, it is interesting to say the least. And, you know, speaking of interesting and coaches, <clears throat> Gary Patterson, who, for me, you know, uh, I'll just say was kind of in the background, despite having a good team for most of his tenure, certainly in recent years, as they, you know, climb more and more into the, you know, national conversation. But lately, you know, starting with when they were left out of the Final Four last year and then following, you know, his, uh, you know, the, the big win over Texas Tech, he, he's starting to show a lot of personality here in the last year or so. Uh, so I'm finding him to be, you know, a pretty fascinating guy. Yeah. He, he's had to come out and say a few things to prop up their, their play across the nation. Because I think, I think people are trying, if it's not Texas or Oklahoma from that league, they're not sold on the champion. Absolutely. 
put Baylor in that category too. Absolutely. Yes. Well, well said. Yeah, and until they, you know, I, I hesitate to say they need to win a national championship, but you know, maybe they do. They certainly need to be in the Final Four to be taken a little more seriously than they are, only because they're kind of new kids on the block, and I think people are still, you know looking with a raised eyebrow at, you know, the the games that seem to commonly occur in the 50s, if not 60s and 70s with scores. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And then another thing, John, his team, because they haven't played so well defensively, he's really had to stand up and say, okay, fine, our defense is not playing as well, but we can still win games, and as long as we're on the right side of the score – we're gonna we're gonna play on. So he, he made those comments the last game when the you know that unbelievable ending where they beat Texas Tech. I mean, fifty five, fifty two. You just don't think you'd see that in a game with uh, TCU, and normally their defense is so good. Oh yeah, no, it was remarkable. Uh, again, I, I was watching it, thinking of flashing back to Baylor uh, giving up seventy to West Virginia and. Geno Smith a few years back. Yeah, so I guess, you know, the same with Art Browse at Baylor. It's almost as if, you know, and this really reached a new level last year with being left, when those two were left out of the Final Four, college football playoff, they're, they're a little bit defensive, you know? It's like they have to justify, you know, their team's talent and stature. Uh, but, you know... That's just because, again, they're, they're kind of the new kids on the block. They've each won some epic games, i.e. the Rose Bowl for TCU a few years back and stuff like that. So, you know, but they like like all of them, AP, you know this better than anyone. You, you have to earn your spot at the big boy table. Yes, I, yes, I think there's justification in some of the chatter by the Baylor and TCU coaches. Absolutely. You know, that said... I'll say this. When they're on, I like to watch them. I mean, certainly Baylor. I think we've all enjoyed watching Baylor and that, you know, yeah. high-octane high offense for the last number of years, certainly since RG3. And then, you know, TCU is, again, becoming much and much more interesting. And when they suddenly end up in a game like last Saturday against Texas Tech, that elevates their profile. Like, now, you know, now I want to watch them, i.e., I'm curious – how they do tomorrow night against Texas in Austin. Yeah, and, and then they, they, they have a, um, a Heisman Trophy con- contender, you know, their quarterback, Trevon Boykin. So, and John, here's, a, here's an interesting stat for you. TCU hasn't beaten Texas in consecutive seasons since 1958-59. Wow. There you go. There's a stat to watch out for. Keep in mind, that, that's a great stat. You always have good stats like that, and should be fun weekend, AP. Have a great time tomorrow in Athens. Uh, I know you will. Thank you, as always, for your expertise. And hard to believe we've come to the end of another show. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Look forward to it. Thank you. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.